Best on the Board is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know football ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. It's not just sports tickets, music and theater tickets as well. The app is simple, it's quick, and easy to navigate, and all it takes is two taps to check out. And You have that panoramic seat view with photos as well for every section of the stadium. So head on over to the App Store or Play Store, download GameTime, and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets. on the board and welcome to week 10 of the NFL season. I'm Chris Meany of The Athletic joined by Michael Beller also of The Athletic. Beller what's going on buddy? How are you? I'm doing all right. Uh, it's getting uh, cold in the parts of the uh, of North America where you and I live uh, dealing with a little bit of a head cold here but certainly nothing that's going to keep me from giving uh, my ho- hopefully good picks for uh, for week 10. Well, I'll tell you what, if you follow up from last week, which uh, I believe may have been your best showing, I think you've been above 500 a few times this week, but 5-2 and two last week, well done, sir, well done. Thank you, yeah, it's, uh, it's my second 5-2 and two of the season, so, uh, you know, Ooh. feeling yeah, feeling uh, pretty good about uh, where I'm sitting so far, doing well in my against the spread pool, doing well in my super contest pools, feeling pretty good about where things sit uh, when we're already into the second half of the season now. Yeah, we really are. We're just a handful of weeks away from fantasy football playoffs. If you're just joining us for the first time, welcome. Theathletic.com slash best on the board will give you 40% off a discount, um, a subscription rather, at The Athletic. You'll be able to check out the waiver wire column that Jake just had, his rankings, one of the best in the biz still just doing it every single week, every single year, Jake Seeley, and then your show as well with Emery Hunt, uh, a phenomenal list in the advanced route. We have fantasy basketball podcasts. We have fantasy hockey podcasts, the throwback. So we encourage you guys to check that out and rate and review. We always love that. Give us a follow on Twitter if you have any questions. We will, again, have the Friday show. Shout out to DVR for stepping in for me there. Um, and, yeah, you know, he did pretty well. Better than me. I'll tell you what. It was a, it was a bad week for me overall. I was 500 and that's not good enough because <laughs> I'm given my locks here and you can't go one for six. So I got some work to do. I wasn't able to circle around on Friday with you guys, but I really, honestly, I wouldn't have changed much. So I got to own it. I would have came off the Colts. I did, in my own pool, come off the Colts with the T.Y. Hilton injury. But you know what? Brian Hoyer did actually okay. Had an opportunity to win that game if it wasn't for you know a missed field goal there. But uh, got to do a little bit better with the locks. Um, but we will cir- circle back on Friday. How did uh, DVR do? I know he did well, but I'm just, you know, going to ask the question anyway. Well, you know, it's interesting. In the picks he gave in the show, he went three and four, but uh, he and I are in an against the spread pool together, and he actually uh, got nine wins in that. So overall, he did pretty well. Unfortunately, the picks he gave here, uh, just three and four, but uh, still a pretty good week uh, for DVR overall. 
yeah, that is a pretty good week. So we will be back on Friday just to, again, we'll, we'll go over some of the locks. If anything changes, still waiting on some practice reports. We still have a game, of course, where there's no line. Patrick Mahomes, he is expected to play. We'll get into that game in just a little bit. So please rate and review. Again, head over to theathletic.com slash best on the board to get you 40% off absolutely everything. Over 100 podcasts, every single article, not just fantasy, will be all of yours. And you'll be able to listen to that show as Eric Young from Four Stack Lines likes to say, elite status. He doesn't like to throw that paywall out there. He says elite status. So uh, you will have elite status on Friday. But let's get into it. Um, well, you want to go over what happened last week? I, I suppose we probably should. I mean, I want to give you uh, we gave you some credit for 5-2, and two, but i got to give you a lot of props for the Baltimore call. Not only did they cover, they really had their way against the Pats. Yeah, I felt good about that one. I had them winning that game outright. I uh, really thought that at home they should have been getting more respect than catching the 3-3.5 three, three wherever uh, you got it. Uh, it, was, it was one of those two lines pretty much. All week, uh, Philly and Buffalo. Uh, you knew those. You know those are two games I felt very good about, uh, and they both uh, came through. Oakland as well, another one that I was on right from the start last week, and uh, felt uh, pretty comfortable with it. That entire game against Detroit, uh, Green Bay and the Giants were my two losers. Uh, you know, it's going to happen. I uh, just put a little bit too much faith in Green Bay. The Giants one was interesting, just because it felt like. I mean, that game felt closer than it was, yes. right? I mean, the, 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 even if you take that last uh, Dallas meaningless touchdown off the board, it felt closer than a two-score game. Uh, but uh, the Giants, man, they just can't they, – they consistently get in their own way. And I guess that's the hallmark of a bad team. But that's a team that I would be buying for the future. Yeah, I mean, stalling in the red zone uh, a few times and – extra point missed it felt like they were definitely in that game at no point did I think even when they were up that they were going to pull off the win I just knew that they wouldn't that Dallas would come back but I, w- I was with you obviously on the Giants and it's funny Green Bay rolling with all the momentum you know some some very strong wins against Dallas in Dallas in Kansas City they get Devontae Adams back and then all of a sudden you know going up against a Chargers team who had nothing going it just goes the other way. So uh, interesting how to look at the Packers moving forward. So let's get into this week, and let's start with those Chargers. The Thursday night football game opened up as two-and-a-half-point favorites for Oakland. It swung the other way. Now we have the Chargers, one-and-a-half-point favorites, the over-under at 49. We have 25.25 team applied total for the Chargers, 23.75 for Oakland. Thursday night football, two division rivals. Big game really for both teams. I'd imagine the loser is probably officially eliminated. What's your thoughts here on the Thursday night game? Yeah, I actually really like the Raiders in this one, Meany. Um, I think that uh, this offense is for real. I'm ready to buy this offense as uh, one of the better ones in the league, at least one of the more reliable ones uh, in the league. They've uh, they've really amassed themselves a, a pretty good cache of weapons with Derek Carr, Darren Waller, Tyrell Williams, and Josh Jacobs, and uh, they've been able to deliver week in and week out. Um, you know, they they've take advantage they take advantage of defenses they should. They show up against uh, some of the better defenses in the league as well. They play well at home. Uh, you really look at this across the board, and I like Oakland. Um, it, it feels almost like I'm being begged to take this with the Chargers somehow being small favorites on the road with their ups and downs this season. Uh, but uh, this is one where I know what I've seen from Oakland's offense this year, and I believe in it. And I think that they win this game. So well, I'm happy to take them and uh, back an offense that I, that I believe in uh, getting one and a half points at home. Yeah, I agree with 
pretty much everything that you said there. I'm very impressed with Oakland. We've said a couple times in the show that they, they seem to have an identity of what they want to do. They use those two weapons in Williams and Waller that you mentioned. A strong run game with Jacobs. And, you know, Derek Carr, as much as he, people seem to just crap on this guy, I mean, leads the league in completion rate. He was top six last year with really nothing to work with. If it, Again, we I think we may have said this last week. If, imagine Antonio Brown on this team if he had just shut up and played football. I mean, it, it may even be a more dynamic offense. So, I'm with you. This is one I'm I'm not going to have in my in my seven, but I will lean with the Raiders. I, I like what I've seen from them, and they've and they've hung around in games that they've lost. Right? I know that Green Bay game was a blow towards the end, but there was a point where they they really hung around in that game. Carr had that fumble, which, which was a turnover, and another pick in the in the red zone. I mean, that could have been a different outcome if he doesn't turn the ball over there. And then even against Houston, they they gave up that game late. So they I've been pretty impressed with the Raiders, and I I think there's an opportunity for them to make the playoffs. Like there's a chance, an outside chance. I mean, after this Chargers game, they got the Bengals and the Jets. I know they got KC coming up, but there's some winnable games in the second half of the season here where they could squeak in, Ballard. Uh, guess what, Meanie? I'm going to say it right here, right now. I think they do get in. I think they get the Ooh. sixth seed in the nice. uh, AFC on the AFC side of the bracket. I don't think the Colts are going to make it. I think the Raiders are going to sneak in there. Uh, I kind of want to pick against the Bills, but they've already got six wins, and they've got a few more winnable games coming up. Yeah. They've got a tough schedule, too, but it's hard to – it's hard to fade them right now when nine wins really might be good enough in the AFC to get a spot. But I think the Raiders, I mean, if you look at all these playoff contenders, you look at Indy, uh, you look at uh, at Buffalo, you look up and down all the Chargers, um, you know, maybe throw Jacksonville in there. You look at all these teams, and if there's one unit I trust more than any of the others, it's Oakland's offense. So you, you stack that up against the rest of the AFC, and I'm willing to bet that they're going to be the team that uh, that sneaks in and gets that last wildcard spot. I like it. Last year in Oakland. Get it done. I was in Vegas. I saw the stadium. It's getting built. Ooh, it, beautiful. It fired me up a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it looks cool. Uh, it'll be good times for, for some people in Vegas. Maybe not so much in Oakland, but we'll move on to the Sunday early games. We have Chiefs and Titans. It's off the board. It's looking like Patrick Mahomes is going to play, and I, I was you know going to have KC in my seven. I'm like, ah, you know, maybe I'll maybe I'll just skip that one because we don't have a line yet. And then I saw what you wrote on the dock. KC, no matter what. Uh, and I like that. You know, the Titans have won the last three games in this matchup, including a playoff spot there, but Mahomes comes back, you, you know you got to feel pretty good about KC. Yes, uh, I, I don't care who starts a quarterback for the Chiefs. The Chiefs are going to win this game. Uh, the Chiefs are going to win this game handily. They're the better team. Um, I mean, look at what they've been able to do without Mahomes, right? Uh, they, they lose him. Yeah. Talk about this with the Saints and Teddy Bridgewater, uh, the way it speaks to great coaching uh, and just how, how you can really highlight a good coach on the fly like this. They lose him or they lose Mahomes. Right away, Matt Moore comes in. They're very competitive. They almost beat Green Bay, and then they do beat Minnesota. I mean, that, that is very impressive. Those are two good teams to uh, potentially playoff-bound teams. Certainly one of them is going to win the NFC North, and the other one uh, is in good position for a wild-card spot. The Chiefs could have gone 2-0 against them without their MVP. Uh, so this is just a, a really strong team, a well-coached team. The defense is starting to round into form, at least uh, in terms of being a league average unit and maybe even better. Um, you know, we talked to uh, Seth Kaiser, one of our uh, uh, Chiefs writers on Podcast by Committee a couple weeks ago, and he talked about the way that they have uh, stepped up their pressure in terms of bringing more blitz and how that's been able to create some havoc and how it's been a good way to counteract uh, some of uh, maybe their uh, other defensive shortcomings, uh, the way they've been able to get after the quarterback by bringing more blitz. But for me, it all adds up to the fact that this is just the better team, and whether it's you know three and a half with more or nine and a half with Mahomes, I'm going to be back in the Chiefs. Yeah, we talked about that in the throwback with Brad Ziegler and, and Jake Seeley, another show that you can catch uh, 
you know, at the athletic as well. I mean, just 16 sacks in, in their last or 15 sacks rather in their last three games. And it all started against Joe Flacco. They had nine, but they dialed up some pressure against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers as well. Five sacks in that game. So I agree. They're getting a lot of pressure. The defense seems to be turning around a little bit. So I'm with you. I like the chiefs there as well. This game, this game's interesting. A lot of the public is, is really kind of backing Buffalo and the line is, is there seems to be some reverse movement. I, I, it opened up at three for Cleveland. The total was 42 and a half. It's still at three. The It's dropped down to 40. But um, again, just looking at some of the public, it's it's Buffalo, Buffalo, Buffalo. But the line is, is it's not moving. Um, what's your thoughts here? Cleveland, again, another stinker. I backed them last week for what seemed like, I don't know, <laughs> yeah, the you did. sixth time. <laughs> yeah. Um, yikes. Um, what's your I, thoughts? Hey, no, no, no. We got to go to you. You're the Cleveland guy. Let's I, go to I, you here. What, I've what been the thoughts? Buffalo guy. I've been the Cleveland guy. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I, I, I can't back Cleveland right now. I, I can't, I can't go there. But I, this is a tough one for me. I'm, I'm kind of torn to be honest with you. Like, I like the Bills' defense. I, Cleveland's getting some defensive guys back as well. I just every time I seem to to kind of lean Cleveland in the offense, get, get going here. And I know Kareem Hunt is, is back, and it, it seems like, okay, maybe finally they could get going, but is White going to shut down Odell? The same issues seem like it's it, they're going going to be there. The play calling is, is not improved. You look at Baker again in that game against – I don't even want to give him all the blame against Denver. They dialed up some pressure. They were getting after him. The defense played well in Denver, and he just didn't seem to have any time again in the pocket. There were a couple times where an Odell was downfield – open he's clearly frustrated you saw it on the sidelines there's just not an opportunity for baker to get the ball down the field so if this game was in buffalo it would be an easy one for me it's buffalo is a really tough place to play i'm not going to have this in my seven i'll be honest i do feel really strong about the under but right now let me choose I'll go with the Bills. Yeah, um, I got a few things to say here. First of all, uh, I will literally be going to Cleveland in a couple of weeks. Uh, my wife is from Cleveland. We're going there for Thanksgiving, so I need to temper this uh, with, with, a, <laughs> with a few things here. Number one, Cleveland, Ohio, the city. Lovely city. Gets a bad rap. If you've never been, go. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is great. They've got yes. a really nice, bustling, up-and-coming downtown. Great restaurants, great bars, a fun place to be, and great people come from Cleveland, Ohio. It is a wonderful, wonderful city. And now that I have that out of the way, how do you back the Browns with any sort of confidence whatsoever uh, against any team? I mean, is there anything you trust less than the Browns to figure out a way to get Kareem Hunt into the offense in like a, right. in a way that works? I mean, there is nothing in the NFL I think I trust less than that with what we've seen from Freddie Kitchens and company uh, this season. I want nothing to do with this game. I, I can't back the Browns against literally anyone. And the fact that the Bills are catching three in it and the Bills haven't beat anyone this season. They've played two good teams and they lost to both of those teams. Yeah. Uh, just makes me want to stay. This is, as we sit here, Chris, on Wednesday, the one game I can guarantee no matter what happens over the next couple of days when we come back for our Friday update, I will be as far away from this game as possible. Yeah, and I broke all my rules last week talking about two mediocre teams playing each other and picking, you know, sides. Like, for example, like, oh, like, yeah, let's make excuses for the Jets. The Jets are, are going to be fine. Again, Cleveland and Denver. So um, I'm going to stick to my <laughs> stick to my guns and, and stay away like you. Also, um, went to Cleveland last year. You're right. Great time. Great city. They were playing the Chiefs. They, everyone in the stadium knew they were going to lose. They still had a great time. <laughs> Muni Lot is, is phenomenal. And I encourage everybody to go check out a game. Maybe now it's not the time. Heck, you want to check out game time? You get some cheap tickets? Go for it. <laughs> there you um, go. But, yeah, the, the Browns and Bills is is one I'm going to stay away from as well. Like, 
sidebar from fantasy, um, and I know you'll do the ranking show later on with Jake and, and Brandon Funston, and uh, Jake is, is in that buy low, he, he puts Baker and Odell in that buy low category. I know the schedule gets nice, but uh, I don't want to start Baker. I, I just, I can't. Like, oh. he's he has a game this year, Beller, where he put up zero points. Zero. He, has, he doesn't have a multiple touchdown game this season. Right, seven TDs and twelve picks. Yeah, I just I, I don't understand how you possibly have any confidence in him, especially with I mean we talk about it all the time. Quarterback is you, know, you can find a million quarterbacks. Maybe you can't literally right. find them in your average leagues because you know most people do own a backup quarterback even in one QB leagues. But still, I mean it is not hard to find quarterback value. I don't see how uh, you can get possibly get on board with uh, with a move for Baker. Odell's a totally different story, but Baker yeah. Mayfield, I want nothing to do with him either in fantasy right now. How many touches do you think Kareem Hunt gets in his first game? Eight. Eight. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a good guess. I said ten max. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you're right. No, no confidence here in Freddie Kitchens. This game here, this one's going to be fun. This is going to be a fun fantasy game. We have Arizona and Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay opening up as six point favorites. Uh, they're now four and a half point favorites. The total has come down a bit. It opened up at fifty four. It's now fifty one and a half, fifty two according to Westgate, which by the way is a great time in Vegas. You check that out and watch some football. Everyone's loving it. Money all over the place. Back in the Cardinals. A pretty impressive comeback last week. I would say comeback. I mean, they made a game of it late against San Fran, but they hung around with the team that the only team that's undefeated in the league. Yeah, I'm back in the Cardinals. I just think this is going to be a close game. Um, I, it's not that I necessarily love the Cardinals uh, against Tampa Bay because I think Tampa Bay's offense is going to have its way with Arizona's defense. But this just feels like the uh, sort of game where both offenses are going to have their way. I, I think you know again, it's another game where I, I don't think the script is going to disappoint. Uh, you know, we obviously expect this to be a high-scoring game with these two offenses and these two defenses getting together, uh, and I don't think it's going to fall short of that. But uh, for me, it's a close game. For me, it's like 31-28 in, in favor of either team. It's one of those games where I feel very good about Arizona uh, covering, but when I pick the game straight up in my confidence pool, I'll put like one point on it. You know what I mean? Because I don't yeah. because I could see this being a whoever has the ball last is in the driver's seat situation. Um, but uh, I just think that it's going to be a close game. I think both these offenses are going to have their way with these defenses. I don't see how Tampa's uh, offense or excuse me defense possibly slows down what Arizona has been able to do offensively. Uh, they get Kenyon Drake right in the fold. They're getting David Johnson back this week. Christian Kirk now healthy. Um, I think they're going to be able to have their way with one of the f- friendliest pass defenses in the league in Tampa. And then you flip it over to the other side. I mean, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, my God, Chris, these oh, guys yeah. are just absolutely destroying defenses. They are going to become, I think. They're on pace to do it, obviously, and I think they're going to stay there. The first uh, wide receiver teammates to be top five fantasy uh, wide receivers since Reggie Wayne and Marvin Harrison in 2006. Uh, These guys are just absolutely destroying every defense that they go up against. Jameis Winston, uh, there's been a lot of turnovers, but there's been a lot of good there as well. I just think this is an up-and-down game that's going to be within a field goal, so I'll take the Cardinals, but I take the Buccaneers straight up. Peyton Manning probably QB1 that year. Jameis probably not QB1 this exactly. Year, That's exactly yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I'm with you. I, I, I'm feeling Arizona as well. You, there's a couple different variables here. I mean, you have Tampa Bay who played a tough game in Seattle. That game went the distance, went to overtime. You have Arizona on that quote-unquote mini-buy, right, the the extended week with the Thursday night football, so a little bit more time for, for these guys like Christian Kirk and David Johnson, like you mentioned, to stay healthy. Patrick Peterson going to be on Mike Evans, and obviously Evans is, is very capable of, of exploiting that matchup and doing what he's been able to do over the past couple weeks has been unreal. 
real. He's had those monster games. Very quiet in week one and week two. He actually also put up a zero this year, but he's been really, really good uh, You know, over the past couple weeks especially. So I'm with you. I like Arizona to, to cover that game. It's not going to be my seven, but I think it, it will be a close game. Plus, you always have Jameis. You, know, he can, you never know if he turns the ball over here and there. Arizona could even get up in that game. He could even see an upset. We have, look at this matchup here, uh, New York at, I like that as well, quote-unquote, at <laughs> there you the go. Jets. These two teams opened up as a pick em. The Giants right now, two-and-a-half-point favorites, 43-and-a-half. It's really hard for me to back this Jets team right now. I want to. I want to have some confidence in Adam Gase. Again, what I saw last week, I mean, watching it, they were on the two, and I thought, okay, this is the chance. They're going to hand the ball off to Bell. This is it. I mean, Bell's got you know, maybe one or two red zone rushing opportunities from that point of the field all season long, which is unbelievable to even think about. And what do they do? I don't even know what that play call was, Beller. It was <laughs> it was Sam Darnold, a little rollout. He throws a pick. I mean, that changed the game. You know, it was at least an opportunity for them to get back into that game. I know Miami had their way with the Jets and Fitzpatrick, but... This is another one for me where I'm just going to stay away. I feel like the Giants are kind of trending up with some guys, and then I hear this morning that Evan Ingram needs a second opinion on his foot. I think that could be a huge loss. If I had to choose one, I'll probably go with the Giants and Barkley. But, again, two mediocre teams. The Jets certainly trending in the wrong direction. I'm going to stay away. Do you do you feel great about either side? Um, you know, I actually have this as one of my seven right now. It is my seventh, though, so I could easily see this coming out uh, by Friday. But for now, I do like the Jets. Uh, looking at this full slate of games, uh, they're the game I like, or the team I like the seventh best. Um, and it's because I just think that they're uh, that they're going to be able to do what they want to do uh, offensively against this Giants team. I mean, we love the Giants' weapons on offense, no doubt about that. But this is a bad defense. I mean, this is a defense that uh, has been carved up by a lot of teams that they've uh, been that they've played this season and uh, for all the missteps that the Jets have had offensively I still think that we should expect them to uh, take advantage of uh, of a positive matchup and that's certainly what this is against the Giants I think it's going to be an ugly game I don't think you're going to get a whole lot of fun out of this one uh, but without Evan Ingram out there uh, that really takes a big bite out of New York and you're talking about no Evan Ingram yeah. uh, can we be sure if Sterling Shepard's going to play I mean all things look good for him last week and then he goes back into concussion protocol uh, it's just a, it's a tough situation, and I think you take you start taking all those chess pieces off the board for the Giants, and the Jets just start to look like the better team purely. So uh, the fact that I'm going to get a couple of points here makes me feel good about the Jets as well. It's another one of those games that no matter who I back to win, I'm not going to have a ton of confidence points on either side because it's just two bad teams that I don't really want to get in bed with. But for the time being, I do think that the Jets, as constructed right now, look a little bit better than the Giants. And I think that you know, Sam Darnold, Robbie Anderson, Jamison Crowder, they're going to be able to get things cooking against this Giants defense that really hasn't been able to stop anyone through the air this season. Yeah, from a fantasy standpoint, I'm definitely interested in Jamison Crowder, and I am interested in buying low on Robbie Anderson. I like the matchups ahead. He's still getting a lot of volume and a lot of work. What, did you change your tune at all if Lab Bell is out, or does it even matter? Because it's not like he's doing a whole lot. I mean, he's, he missed practice again on Wednesday. Adam Gase said that Bell was pushing to practice, um, but he's dealing with a, a knee and an ankle injury. He does expect him to come out. Would, would you change your tune at all if, it, if he was out of the lineup? Would you, would you swing the other way, or is it just... I'm still going to back the Jets. Uh, I, I doubt I swing the other way, but Lev Bell being out would definitely be something that would probably convince me to go in another direction. That's why this is such a soft pick for me right now. Well, I love we have the Friday show that we can come back right. to this and revisit these games. Um, but you know, even though Bell hasn't done much and even though they haven't 
trusted him with the sort of workload that I think they should. Uh, the threat of Lev Bell is still, I mean, <laughs> right? It's like, what are the best, the Jets' best weapons are Lev Bell, Robbie Anderson, Jamison Crowder, and the threat of Le'Veon Bell, right? I mean, those, <laughs> so like, even just having him out there is yeah. such a huge uh, element for their offense that it would be enough for me to go and look in another direction if he's unable to play. 80% of the public coming in on the Giants. I mean, let's settle down, guys. It's, right? I mean, that's too. When you, get the, flip when you get the pub backing a team like the Giants that strongly, it's like, let me sprint to the window. Sprint yeah. <laughs> to the window for with my Jets ticket, please. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, the Falcons and the Saints over under at 50. It's jumped up to 51 and a half. The Saints open up at 13-point favorites, a 32-team implied total. The Falcons at 19. It has stuck at 13. Seems like a lot of points for a division rival, but this Saints team has just been so good. They've been so dominant defensively. They're getting it. They've been getting the job done without Drew Brees, as you mentioned, with Teddy Bridgewater. And then they get that bye week, another week for Brees to heal up. I mean, he looked great the last time we saw him anyways. And then Alvin Kamara back into the lineup. It's really hard to back this Falcons team. They've been so good. Uh, New Orleans against the run as well. So I don't expect a whole lot from, from Freeman. And, you know, you're going to get that Lattimore and Julio. So it, this is – it's tough to really – it's a lot of points, Beller. But for me, it's it's tough to to back the Falcons here. It is a lot of points, but uh, you know, if you if someone out there wanted to take us take uh, all of our best on the board episodes and made us make a soundtrack out of them, I think the chorus, at least on my side, would be the Saints are the best team in the NFL and the Falcons stink. I mean, yeah. those are two things that I've said over and over and over again this season. Uh, so you put them together in New Orleans. I think the Saints roll in this game. It sounds like we're going to get Alvin Kamara back, and it's crazy. This team is seven and one. Best in the NFL in my estimation. Certainly in anyone's estimation, they're one of the three best teams in the NFL. No matter what you think of New England or Baltimore or San Francisco, whatever, you got to say that the Saints are one of the three best teams in the NFL. And they have had Drew Brees and Alvin Kamara on the field together for one game this season. This is remarkable what this team has been able to do. And they were bad defensively to start the year. The way that they have shorn up the defensive side of the ball and gotten things going offensively. Now Drew Brees comes back before the bye. Looks like he's didn't even skip a beat, right? Just goes right, right. back in, does his Drew Brees thing. This is the best team in the league. Atlanta is terrible. Atlanta can't wait for this season to end. Give me the Saints comfortably. Two touchdowns and then some for the Saints uh, winning this one. I love, love, love the Saints this week. I think it's something like 34-13. to 13. Yeah, I've... I've been with you all year. I, I agree with you. I, I don't even think we need to say three or four best teams in the league. I think we can you know, agree that they are the best team in the league. I absolutely agree. The defense has turned it around. They got Drew Brees, Michael Thomas. Alvin Kamara has two touchdowns this year. Two. That's it. And they've still been so dominant. And if he doesn't, for whatever reason, play, I am still going to like him because you've seen what Latavius Murray has done in those past couple games. He's been an absolute monster. Uh, in the ground and through the air. I think he had like a nine-catch game a, a couple weeks ago. So I, I'm with you. I like the Saints as well. Um, this next game, it feels like it could be a trap. I, I, I'll, I'll admit, you, you know, you get that game script or the mindset of just that big emotional win against the Pats, you know, the, the look ahead potentially against Houston, and then this winless team in Cincinnati. That Yes, they get A.J. Green back. They're getting some healthy bodies back defensively. But also – Ryan Finley is the starting quarterback here. And if you've watched Andy Dalton play, I mean, before he was benched, nobody had been sacked more than Andy Dalton. And the Ravens defense starting to take shape here a little bit. Does seem like a lot of points, Beller. Division game. 
got the trap, but you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to go with Baltimore here, and it is kind of dropping down a little bit. It op- they opened up as 10-point favorites, the over-under at 46. It's 9.5 in some spots, 10.5 in others as well, depending on what book you're looking at. I mean, it could drop down slightly a little bit. I hear a lot of people wanting to back Cincinnati, and you know what? Looking at the schedule and looking at some of the games, they have played a lot of teams close. I mean, we've said this before with them. They, they, they easily could have won that first game in Seattle. There was a game against Buffalo where, where they could have won. They hung around in that Arizona game. There was a chance for them to win the game at the very end. The last time they played the Ravens in Baltimore, they only lost by six points. But all of that said, I'm going to go with the Ravens here. I feel like they are on a high. I think the defense is solid. And Lamar Jackson, two games against the Bengals, almost has 300 rushing yards. So he's going to eat them up. I'm taking Baltimore here. Yeah, look, uh, I'm not saying you have to bet the Ravens for sure, and right now that I do not have them in my seven, so I'm certainly saying I'm not saying that you have to bet them. But unless you are a scout, like let, let's say Emory Hunt was on this show and Emory wanted to bet the Bengals, then sure, I'm going to let Emory do that because Emory knows more about X's and O's football than I'll ever know in my life. Unless that is you, there is no possible way you can back the Bengals. You've never seen their quarterback play an NFL game. You don't know one thing about their quarterback on an NFL field, and On top of that, that'd be bad enough if he was playing the Dolphins or the Giants, but he's playing the Ravens. He's playing a team that's going to put up 27 or 30 points uh, against his uh, defense. So now you need him to get you three touchdowns, three touchdowns and a field goal, generate all those scoring drives to stay within the number, and you know nothing about him? Like, no way. You can. No one can be backing the Bengals with any sort of confidence. If you are trying to back the Bengals, you are tricking yourself into thinking you're smarter than you actually are. This is Ravens or nothing, and I think that's a pretty easy statement to make. Yeah, I, I would agree with that as well. Bears and Lions. Um, man, I thought, you know, we could have seen a little bit more from Trubisky against the Eagles secondary. And Allen Robinson was Why just, Why would you think know. that ever about anything about Trubisky? <laughs> because I've watched the secondary in Philadelphia <laughs> just struggle so much. I at least thought Allen Robinson would come away with a couple games. It was another disappointing output from Chicago. I think at one point they had one yard of offense heading into, like, the, like the latter part of the first half. Uh, here they are right now. Um, favored by two and a half. They opened up as three-point favorites. The total is 44. It's now 41 and a half. This is a clear stay away from me. I, I, I mean, at home, Chicago, it's a definite must-win for both. I, I feel like the Bears are already out of it. But, I mean, if you if they lose this game, I, I feel like they're officially out of it. The same could probably be said about Detroit as well. Unfortunate for both of these teams. I, I thought that the Chicago Bears, their defense alone, would win them a few football games, but they're getting absolutely nothing offensively from Trubisky and company. So this is a clear stay away for me. If I had to pick it, you know what? I may even just go with the Lions. Yeah, I'm going to take the points. I'm not going to be putting in my seven. That will not be something I change on uh, come Friday. But I mean, another one of my familiar refrains, right? Like this Bears team is just listless. I mean, the offense has. I don't think they have confidence in the quarterback or the coach, and that is no, you're right. that is very very bad. And that's just my spec. Speculation. Not, not, you know, I'm not in the building. I don't have any inside info. But it just they, they play like a team that doesn't have confidence. And Matt Nagy clearly coaches like a coach who doesn't have confidence in his quarterback. I mean, we saw it a couple weeks ago against the Chargers, settling, being happy with a 41-yard field goal when he had 40-whatever seconds left and a timeout, clearly had enough time to at least try to make that a more uh, makeable field goal for Eddie Pinheiro. And to settle for that tells you, I think, all you need to know about what this coach thinks about his quarterback and maybe even the offense as a whole. This is just a, a team that I cannot back. Uh, the fact that the that the line is minus 120, so it's minus 2.5 and, and minus 120, so you're getting a little bit less juice, uh, suggests to you that maybe Vegas does like the Bears a little bit on the 2.5, uh, but... 
I don't see how you possibly back the Bears with any sort of confidence. The Lions have been, I mean, it's a really disappointing season for them, at least in terms of the fact that, I mean, how many games, the Arizona game, the Green Bay game, there are so many little tweaks of the season where they could be sitting pretty right now. And the NFC is just so deep that it's going to be hard for them to climb back into the wild card picture. But we've seen way, way more from them, from them than we've seen from the Bears this season. Uh, so it's hard for me to trust the Lions. The Bears defense still has been um, very good, and they've been very good against the pass uh, this season. And we know that that's what the Lions are going to have to do the rest of the year without on Johnson. The Bears defense has been very good against the pass. They can still generate that pass rush. They still have a strong secondary with Kyle Fuller and Eddie Jackson being the real standout players back there. Uh, it's an easy stay away for me, but uh, in my pool where I do pick every game against the spread, I'm going to pick the Lions because, man, Mitch Trubisky's bad. Yeah, he is. I mean, there is an opportunity for them to get back into that game. I I didn't watch too much of it. That was kind of the point where I was, you know, just ready to get on the plane. But I, I did have it on my phone, and obviously as an Eagles guy, I'm, I'm tuning into that game. And there was a point where they were near just past midway, mid, midfield, and just down by what? At one point it was five? points they were down by and they just kicked it away with with a few minutes left and the Eagles just marched down the entire field basically killed the clock and got the field goal for the cover at the end but I just thought to myself what are they doing like wh- why don't they just try to go for it here and, and try to get the W instead of kicking it away and having absolutely no chance and to, to win the game so it, it's a complete mess I agree I think I think that the players are, are not feeling Trubisky, and they're certainly not feeling Matt Nagy right now. So it's it, it's been a very disappointing year in Chicago. And you look at Stafford, and if this game is on the line, give me Stafford, who's thrown for over 1,000 yards and 10 touchdowns in his last three games. They have no run game. They're putting the ball in his hands. He's dropping back, and he's making plays. So I'll, 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 I'll side with Stafford and you know maybe a last-second field goal here for a W, and I get a little bit more faith in Detroit kicking a, a successful field goal than Chicago <laughs> these days. Um, let's move over to the Colts. As much as I love the Friday show and making ad- adjustments um, on the fly and waiting for practice reports, this total opened up at 16, and I couldn't jump on it quick enough. It's now 10 uh, for Indy. The over-under is, is stuck at 44. I was able to get it at 12.5. You know, the Colts have they've been solid. They've they've had a lot of bad luck. T.Y. Hilton now. They're down to Brian Hoyer. They've had a ton of injuries. Now Paris Campbell, oh, maybe he's trending up, and now he's out with, I believe, a fractured hand, correct? Yep. I, I think yep. it's a fractured hand. So a lot of stuff going on in Indianapolis. I still like them overall to win this football game. When I just look at what they've done all year, every single one of their games has been decided by a touchdown or fewer, seven or fewer points. So I just feel like it's a lot of points. It's It just seems like... I don't feel like the Colts will blow out Miami. So I am going to lean with the Dolphins. Again, I tend to stay away from these teams, but maybe I'm breaking a rule here. But I will go with the Dolphins. I feel like 10 points too much. The over, the total, rather, the team implied for Indy is 27 and Miami 17. That's kind of actually how I feel this game could go. It could be like a 24-14 to 14 game or something like that. That would be right at the number. But I think with Fitzpatrick and what he's done, he's not afraid to chuck it up. Um, I know Preston Williams out is a big blow, but... Uh, I like what I've seen, at least from him, over the past couple weeks. Yeah, this is a game that I really don't know exactly what to, to think about right now. Um, you know, the Colts, uh, while they've been able to win a lot of games, have been playing a lot of close games, and you know, Miami's offense isn't worthless. Even without Preston Williams, which is actually a huge blow for this team, he's been a very productive guy. Uh, you lose him, you lose Mark Walton to suspension, so now you're down to, uh, what, just Devontae Parker and Mike Gesicki and uh, Kalen Balazs, the return of Kalen Balazs uh, as the uh, starting running back. 
in Miami. It's obviously not a good team, and they're playing in Indy, but that does feel like a lot of points for an Indy team that could be playing with its backup quarterback, could be without T.Y. Hilton, and just even when they are at full strength, isn't a team that's going to run you out of the building. It, it just feels like a lot. Like This could be one of those games that is never in doubt, really, for Indy, yeah. but that they just can't cover the 10 because they're just really not an offense built like that, especially if they are playing without Jacoby Brissett or T.Y. Hilton, and especially, especially if they're without T.Y. Hilton. I mean, that guy is just... I mean, he is a singular element in their offense that is irreplaceable. Uh, you can't like that. That's the guy who kills them the most when they lose. Uh, like I, I would, if if I'm if we're talking short term, obviously you don't want to be playing your backup quarterback all season. But if you're talking a short term loss, give me Brian Hoyer with T.Y. Hilton than Jacoby Brissett without T.Y. Hilton. Uh, so I, I just think that this is going to be a, a tough number for them to cover if they can't get. I've told I brought this up a bunch on this show. You, if you're going to cover a number like this. You more likely than not need to be able to score, 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 and I just, I just, I'm not buying the Colts being able to do that uh, without T.Y. Hilton and maybe without Jacoby Brissett as well. So uh, I do lean toward the Dolphins, but probably a game I'm going to stay away from is one of my favorite seven. Yeah, Brissett certainly has a chance to play. I don't see it. T.Y. is kind of leaning towards doubtful, and like I said off the top, that actually just T.Y. alone not being there offensively against the Steelers was enough for me to to come off of them. And again, Brian Hoyer did a, a phenomenal job. He's the quote unquote third string. I know they acquired him after Luck retired, but it is a nice luxury to have. Uh, you know, if they can't have Jacoby Brissett, Brian Hoyer is certainly capable enough to manage this game. I think it'll be a lot of Marlon Mack. I, I I see him maybe touching the ball twenty five to thirty times. He's had games like that already. One in particular against the Chiefs where they decided to just slow the pace down and run the football. So that's why I feel like this game will be uh, a little bit tighter than the spread suggests. This one here is a little tricky, um, certainly for me. And after what I saw last week, you know, with the Packers and, and, and teams just being able to to really run on Green Bay so far this season, right? We saw the Eagles on that Thursday night game with Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders run all over them. And then last week when the Chargers had really no run game to think of, they run the ball 35 times. I mean, they had the three kneels for from, from Phillip Rivers at the end, so I won't count the 38, but they ran the ball a ton there, and you wonder if the Chargers offense is going to go towards a run-heavy offense, but they were able to have success. They they seem to dominate the line of scrimmage, and Carolina has a pretty good running back on their side who has like 1,200 <laughs> yards of scrimmage, like yeah, scrimmage yards. It's, yeah, it's, I mean, how many touchdowns does Chris McCaffrey have? I mean, he gets two or three every single game. It's, so it's tough. It is It is tough. I feel like they will be able to have success with Christian McCaffrey using him all over. But in Green Bay, I think the defense bounces back. Five does seem a little high for me. I wish it was a little closer to four. Three would be a, a lot. I, I feel like I'll tease this one down. But I'm going to side with the Packers. I'm going to side with, with Green Bay going back home and, and getting the job done. They opened up at six. It's five now. The total has dropped from 48 to 47. Um, you staying away from the Packers. You seem to back them every single week is what you seem – from last week, what you saw, is that enough to, to stay away? Or are you concerned now? What's your thoughts with the Packers? Yeah, five's just too many points for me in this yeah. one. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a big number uh, for them to cover against a pretty solid Carolina team. Uh, team that uh, you know now we know no quarterback issues uh, the rest of the season. Cam Newton on IR, so it will be uh, Kyle Allen for them the rest of the year there. Christian McCaffrey doing his thing. It just, it, it just, it's too many points. It's just too many points. That's really it. I mean, I think yeah. Green Bay is the better team, and I think Green Bay is going to win. Uh, but just too many points for me to want to get behind with, uh, with the confidence to make them one of my favorite seven. I, I wish I had more to go on than that, mm-hmm. but that just, yeah. that, that's really what it comes down to here. Uh, you know, we're only picking even, even in a game with, uh, or a week with only 13 games, it means we're still leaving six alone. 
And this is just one that for me, when I look up and down the slate, is pretty easy to leave alone because I could really see almost anything happening in this one, short of it being a total like knockdown, drag out, slug fest uh, where it's like 13 to 10. But uh, I could just see this game going either way. And uh, I, I respect Carolina's offense too much to say that Green Bay is for sure going to win this one by more than five. Yeah, that's fair. And again, just, you know, Cook, 154, Philip Lindsay, 81, Royce Freeman in that game, 63, Howard, 87, Sanders, 72, Josh Jacobs, 124. These are rushing yards, by the way. Melvin Gordon, 80, and Austin Eckler, 70 last week. So that has been the issue for Green Bay is is stopping the run. And again, Christian McCaffrey, maybe I'm talking myself out of this, but I will lean Green Bay at home because I, I think overall they're, they are the better football team. And at the end of the day, Aaron Rodgers will get, will get it done. This game is, is a little tricky. I've actually been back and forth. I originally had the Rams in here, and I've already changed my tune a little bit. Um, they were opened up as three-point favorites in, in Pittsburgh against the Steelers. 45.5 is the total. 3.5 now it's jumped up for the Rams, and 45 or 44 is the total, rather. You're going to team implied totals, 23 for L.A. and 24 the Steelers. I, you know what? The reason I was siding with the Rams – because basically, I mean, the, the bye week and, and Sean McVay, and I, I have some respect certainly for the Steelers' defense. I mean, give you a lot of credit dead on when we had that, you know, that debate with, with the Steelers' defense and talking about the Colts. Like, I do have a lot of respect for this Pittsburgh defense. Maybe even both of these defense kind of similar on, on par, but I will lean with even Goff. I'm not lo- loving him, but I will lean with him and just McVay with two weeks to prepare for this game to take the Rams even on the road as the better team. But the more I think about it, Beller, the more I just kind of want to stay away. That three and a half bothers me. Um, I, I feel like if the Rams do win this game, it is probably just by a field goal, maybe even one or two points. Maybe it's that last second field goal. Um, but I just don't feel like the Steelers will have a lot of success offensively. And that's kind of why I lean with the Rams. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I actually like the Steelers in this one. Um, you know, this is a defense that has gotten significantly better as the season has worn on, and now they're actually tied for third uh, in DVOA, just behind New England and San Francisco, the two teams that we've talked about as clearly the two best defenses in the NFL all season. Well, uh, the Steelers are right there in third, tied with Denver and the Rams. Uh, interest, interestingly enough, but uh, you know, there's there's just so much uh, individual talent on this defense that they really, I mean, they make a ton of plays. This is a team that really uh, is a strong unit, but then they've got all these standout individuals. It's similar to what we saw uh, from Chicago last year, a team that was able to be a very strong uh, group, but then had these guys who can individually take over games and multiple guys who could do it. And, you know, we, we look at these, uh, at these, uh, um, Pittsburgh linebackers and safeties. I mean, it's always going to be a bad matchup uh, when you get Cooper Cup on a linebacker. Uh, but you've got you've got dudes who can run. I mean, you've got some lateral speed in this Pittsburgh defense, and, and I think they're going to be able to slow down the Rams' offense enough to make this a field goal game. Uh, on the other side of things, I do think that uh, uh, you know we should be getting James Conner back. It does seem like things are trending in that direction. That would help. And, uh, he, They've really been able to to manufacture a, a really effective backfield game between Connor and Jalen Samuels, uh, with Connor being such a receiving threat on his own, with Jalen Samuels being a legitimately great receiver uh, out of the backfield. Uh, they've been able to find enough offense. Obviously, it's a lost season, at least in fantasy terms, for Juju Smith-Schuster, but it's still a team that, when Mason Rudolph has been out there, has been able to cobble together you know, 20, 24 points. So I, I just think this is a close game, um, and because of what Pittsburgh's defense has been able to do, uh, I think they're going to be able to uh, confuse Jared Goff, right? I mean, Jared off likely not to have Brandon Cooks and this is a guy who we know you can rattle especially on the road you can get in his head you can uh, get after him when you put pressure on him you can really make him uncomfortable 
I think Pittsburgh's defense is going to be the uh, unit that wins the day, at least in terms of on the three-and-a-half point line. Yeah, I mean, if they're going to win, it's going to be because of their defense for sure. I mean, I just look at their schedule and who they beat. I mean, I feel like they should have lost and if Vinatieri kicks that field goal. Uh, it's big ifs, I get it, but you know they win by two points against the Colts and Brian Hoyer. They beat Miami. They beat a you know a Chargers team who just looked pathetic in that one game, and then they beat the Bengals. But their defense is enough to keep them on. You know Juju Smith-Schuster, he's he's probably not going to see a lot of Jalen Ramsey in the slot, but then he's going to get Nickel Roby Coleman and Deontay Johnson probably going to get shut down by Jalen Ramsey. So they'll have to do it on their defense and have to go with their running backs. But overall, I think this Rams team is is a better football team. But yeah, if they win, the, if they lose this game in Pittsburgh, it could be lights out for that football team as well because it doesn't look like San Fran's going to slow down and, and Seattle is, is cruising as well. And by the way, uh, we'll get to that game because whew, it's going to be a good one. But first, let's talk Sunday Night Football. we got the Cowboys and the Vikings. We had Dallas opening up as two-and-a-half point favorites and now three-point favorites. The total has jumped from 45-and-a-half to 47. Team implied total for Dallas at 25, Vikings at 22. This is the second straight week for Minnesota. They played a tough game in Kansas City on the road, now in Dallas. I feel like Dallas is, is a pretty tough place to go in and, and win a football game, especially with Minnesota likely being without Adam Thielen. And honestly, that's enough for me. I feel like Dallas is a little bit more healthier right now. I know they looked sloppy, especially in that first half against the Giants, but they found a way in the second half to, to get a bit of a rhythm. So I'm going to lead with Dallas, but this is – this is also going to be a good game. A lot of lot on the line here in terms of playoffs for both teams, but give me the home team to win by a field goal. Yeah, this is one I'm staying away from pretty easily just because I think both teams are legitimately good. And it's another one of those games where I could see uh, the game going in a million different paths, and when I'm making a bet on a game, I don't want to have a game where I can see the, it going in a million different paths. Uh, even without Adam Thielen, uh, I think you get uh, a really strong offensive effort from Minnesota. I think uh, you, you, you're going to see a big Dalvin Cook game. And I think they're going to try to do what they did earlier in the season when they won with Dalvin Cook in their defense. I think we're going to see that and maybe just enough from Kirk Cousins. Uh, I think Stefan Diggs um, is going to be in a plus matchup no matter what he does. Uh, you know, whether they want to shadow with Byron Jones or not, um, you know, I think if they run him out of the slot, I mean, they're not going to put Byron Jones inside. And if they do, Steph Diggs yeah. is going to win that matchup nine times out of ten. He's just, you know, more fluid athlete than Byron Jones is. So I, I really do think uh, that Minnesota is going to be able to do things offensively. I just worry about what Dallas is going to be able to do on the other side of the ball as well. Um, yeah, with with uh, Ezekiel Elliott. Um, being seeming to be running through monster holes uh, against the Giants, uh, play in and play out. I wonder how much of that's going to be open uh, to him against a Minnesota front that's a little bit more uh, dangerous than what we see from the Giants every single week. So there's just too, so many ways that this game can go for me. Two teams that I think are really good, two teams that both could end up being in the playoffs. Uh, I, I just really don't uh, have a ton of confidence in either side uh, on the line, and that's why I'm staying away from it. Uh, just going to be sitting back Sunday night and watching it as a football fan, but likely not as a gambler. Yeah, um, I'm going to have to sprinkle. I'll get some action in there in that Sunday night football game. Do you think – they probably will have to move Diggs around a little bit in the slot as well because he was shut down against Kansas City. He only had the one catch for four yards. If he uh, is up against Jones, I feel like that's not a matchup I like for him. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't it's know. It's not man. awful. It's not. Yeah, it's really not awful. And uh, like, I, 
I worry about taking too much from uh, from one game and trying to apply it to another. Um, there's so much anecdotally that goes on uh, that might not apply in the next matchup. Um, so I, I don't take a ton of what we saw from Kansas City and assume that we're going to see something similar uh, against Dallas. Uh, and still, I just think that – I mean, the bigger thing here is is the Thielen loss, right? Not having yeah, Adam Thielen out huge. there uh, and taking some attention away. And, and those, the way those two guys are able to work in conjunction with one another uh, is one of Minnesota's greatest weapons. But uh, I don't hate the matchup for, for Steph Diggs. I still feel pretty good about what he's going to be able to do in this one. Fair enough. If I asked you before week one started – and I said, look ahead to week 10, Seattle and San Fran, Monday Night Football. And I told you San Fran would be favored by six and a half points. <laughs> what would you have said to me? I would have said, uh, Russell we Wilson's got, hurt. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> T.O. We got like uh, early, late 90s T.O. back. <laughs> yeah, late 90s T.O., Steve Young. Uh, <laughs> this Niners team, I mean, we've, we've been saying it. We've been buying into them for a few weeks. They're good. And Vegas is certainly backing them this week. They're six and a half point favorites. That line is not budge at all. They remain six and a half point favorites, depending on what book you look. I know Westgate has them at six. The total is. 46 and a half it opened up at 44 team implied total for San Fran at 26 and Seattle 20 and just when you you know we talk about Jimmy G we want to see a little bit more from him he hasn't been tested yeah they're playing Arizona this week he can throw on them but they're probably just going to run the football and then bam Jimmy G is throwing touchdowns left right and center his four he only had 13 on the season but to me a division game like this with the Seahawks, and I know that defense is so good in San Fran, but Russell Wilson, the numbers that this guy is putting up in fantasy QB1, what, 22 to 1, the touchdown interception ratio, he's third in yards. He's, again, just seems to be doing it again. They acquired Josh Gordon. I don't think he'll be fully involved, but it is another weapon, another, you know, weapon that the opposing defense has to try to um, at least game plan for. I just feel like this is too many points, and I'm actually surprised this line hasn't moved, and it seems like people are just backing the 49ers here. Yeah, I'm with you on this one, too. Uh, it's another one of those that scares me because it feels too easy. It feels like uh, Vegas is begging us to yes. to back the Seahawks and uh, never want to do what Vegas is opening the door for you to do, but... Uh, I mean, Russell Wilson's a magician, and I just find it hard to believe that uh, that they're going to get blown out by San Francisco. Lose the game? Sure. I, buy, I totally yeah. buy that, that they lose the game in San Francisco. But lose by more than a touchdown with the way he's playing, with the way Tyler Lockett's playing, uh, with the way that uh, he, that I, I think they're going to be able to get Chris Carson going in this game. Uh, I don't know if I buy it. San Francisco should be getting uh, a lot of reinforcements in the form of Joe Staley, Mike McGlinchey, and Kyle Juszczyk, all expected to make their returns from injury this week, which is enormous for them, of course. But I just don't want to not back Russell Wilson with the way he's playing when he's also getting a touchdown added on to his team total. So uh, I'll take Seattle on this one. Yeah, and let's give some credit to Chris Carson despite, you know, fumbling what seems to be every single week. He has been consistent with the fumbles and with a guy who's getting 20 cut. 20 touches and racking up nearly 100 yards. You know, he's got four 100-yard games. He's got at least 90 yards in, in five of his last six games as well. And, he, you know, the first back to do it against Tampa Bay. I mean, Tampa Bay had some success against Chris McCaffrey, especially on the ground, right? You look at the at just the track record, 22 for 31. And, you know, Chris Carson was able to have a pretty solid game against Tampa. So I feel like they'll lean on him a little bit in this game as well. It's going to be very, very entertaining. I'm with you. I would not be shocked if San Fran wins this game. And Russell Wilson is going to have to <laughs> create a little bit more magic. But would we be shocked at this point? No, we would not be shocked. So uh, let's go. Shocked there. if he doesn't. Yeah, exactly. Shocked if he doesn't. Um, would you play San Fran defense in fantasy, though? Um, Probably. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, obviously it would depend on what what's sitting out there. Um, Jets you know, and Giants. Up. 
would you go Jets and Giants? Oh, God, I would maybe go Giants with the Jets. Yeah, I think so too. I think they can get after Giants the quarterback too. a little bit. Yeah, they can. It'll be interesting because Wilson doesn't turn the ball over, right? And yeah. and San Fran's just been so good at creating turnovers and getting pressure. So uh, a fascinating game to watch for sure. Survivor gets tricky this week. It, it really does. I mean, I was able to to extend. I almost went Green Bay. Uh, I made my pick on Thursday night, the San Fran over Arizona, and then it was like two minutes before. I'm like, oh, yeah, i got to get on San Fran Survivor. I almost dropped the ball there. <laughs> so I'm running out of options Saints over Falcons, I can't pick them. Colts over Dolphins is is one where I could go. Chiefs over Titans, I have not picked the Chiefs, so that's probably where I'll go. 49ers over San Fran, I'm just not going to go there with a division rival, and I already went there last week. Packers over Panthers, I suppose. What what are your thoughts? Any other teams jump out at you, some that maybe are a little bit more risky than others that you're willing to roll the dice on? Yeah, I'd go those first three in that order, Saints, Colts, Chiefs, and I'd probably go Packers fourth. Um uh, actually, wait, let, let me let me check that. I would put the Ravens in there ahead of. Uh, yeah, ahead that's of a good one. Ravens yeah. Ravens is a good one. I would go Saints Saints. Uh, yeah, Saints Colts Chiefs. If it's Mahomes, Ravens would be my top four. Maybe even Ravens ahead of Chiefs. Uh, if, if but I would feel pretty. I would feel good if I had any one of those four uh, available to me. If I didn't have any of those four and I had to reach, I'd go Packers. If I didn't have any of those five. And I had to reach. Um, I guess I would first wonder what I'd been, how I'd been surviving all season long, um, and then, God, I mean, maybe I would probably. I think I would probably end up going with. Man, I don't even know. Maybe. Uh, yeah, I mean, if we're, if we're really taking all those teams off the board, I think the team I would trust the most to win after all those five teams are off the board would be Oakland. But again, I think I, oh, it's more likely tough. than not that you've got one of those five available. Yeah, I, I think. The Colts should be available to everybody. I, I would imagine the Colts are. I don't know. You know I'm speaking for everyone. Um, hit us up and, and trash me if that's the case. I already <laughs> picked the Colts. But I think they would be available. I already picked the the Saints. I already picked the Ravens. I already picked the 49ers. So uh, it does get – It's it, we're getting to that point now where survivor pools are certainly winding down. You're just going to have to take those shots and take those risks. Uh, the Colts not a bad one, but if you can, I, you know, Saints and Baltimore are certainly up there as well. So we switched the order a little bit. Did you notice? I was trying to, you know, because I was like one win last week. I say, oh, you no, know, yeah, I like we'll that. face I like the it. seven at the very end. You know, I'm superstitious <laughs> like that. So yeah. I'll let you go first since uh, you have been the king. Who are your seven? All right. The ones that I am pretty confident will not be changing. Oakland, Kansas City. Oakland I'll lock in right now since we're not going to talk again before then. So Oakland, Kansas City, New Orleans, Arizona. Like those four very solidly. My next two are uh, Pittsburgh and Seattle. And then the seventh right now that I could easily see myself coming off are the New York Jets. Oakland, Kansas City, New Orleans, Arizona, Pittsburgh, Seattle, and the Jets. Okay. All right. So check back Friday to see um, if there's any changes there. And for me, I'm going to go with Baltimore, Dallas, New Orleans, Seattle, KC, Green Bay, and I will have Miami. Um, and you know what? I feel pretty confident that I'm going to stick with them on Friday too. I don't really feel like there'll be a lot of changes. If there's one change, honestly, it could be Green Bay because of just the fact that what we talked about with the run game against the Packers and Christian McCaffrey. So that could be one where I jump off. I guess you'll have to tune in on Friday to see. So And subscribe and, to tune in. To, yeah, That's right. Subscribe. <laughs> and theathletic.com slash best on the board. We'll get you that 40% discount. Beller, good luck, man, um, with all your picks. One game you're looking forward to the most, is it that Monday Nighter? 
Oh, it's got to be. I can't yeah. wait for that game. That's going to be an excellent game. Same. M. Beller at Twitter is where you can give him a follow. Myself at Chris Meany. Good luck with your picks. Back on Friday. Again, subscribe to theathletic.com slash best in the board. Have a good one, guys.